Good afternoon to you. It is Sunday, March 5th at 3.11 p.m. Your Purdue Boilermakers has, have just held on, just held on uh, versus uh, a plucky Illinois team. Uh, Purdue did everything they could to make this one interesting. It really didn't need to be interesting. Shouldn't have been interesting, and yet it was. We'll talk about the details. How we got there, Purdue is now 26-5 and heading into the Big Ten Tournament. And uh, they won 76 to 71. 76 to 71. Confirmed. Uh, I'll talk about it, but first let me thank uh, our sponsors, Martin Vintage. I'm wearing a shirt from Martin Vintage right now. Head over to martinvintage.com. Grab a t-shirt like this or a sweatshirt. Enter boiled at checkout. Get 15% off. That's a Purdue family. Uh, you can feel good about uh, shelling over some hard-earned cash for, uh, for, for, for their gear. They do a good job. Do a great job. Um, and... Uh, when you're on campus, when you're on campus, head over to AJ's, um, eataj's.com before, and I don't know if that's really Willie Dean or if that's somebody just using Willie Dean's name who has joined me live. If it's really Willie Dean, that's awesome. Um, he and I have talked a couple times when he wrote his book, so, but I don't know. Regardless, there's somebody named Willie Dean in the margin. If that's the Willie Dean, that's awesome, but I, I don't know. We do get some traffic from alums and program alums and players and but I don't think so. I'm just going to go. I can't see the, I don't, anyway. Yeah, head over to AJ's, eatajs.com, and uh, not the real guy. Okay, okay, but still, it's a good, you made a good good username pick. That's good. Uh, head over to, to eatajs.com, order ahead, burgers, beef, beer. Uh, get, a, get, some, get some Italian beef. Get a pint. Enjoy the ambiance. Right now, you can take a deep breath if you're on campus, eatajs.com. AJ's on Vine. Uh, so this game is, I, I've been trying to think about what I'd say, but I think this might be the best microcosm of the season we've had. The only thing that's missing in this game is Zach Eady dominating. And I'll tell you why. The reason this is a good microcosm for the season is because just like the season, Purdue gets out on this, uh, well, they were expected to win, so there's, there's, it's falling apart a little bit. But Purdue gets out on this big lead, right? They, they're on this gallop. 24-point lead. Just like early in the season, Purdue gets all the way to number one a lot earlier. You know, we thought next year was a good year, and this year was going to be uh, a, a solid year, you know, top five type Big Ten finish. But Purdue gets in this gallop. They are playing well. Everything's working in the first half. Guys are hitting their shots. Um, Purdue hitting threes is a good thing. I haven't seen it a lot, especially last month and a half. Purdue had the best start of the game, period. Their best start of the uh, Big Ten season, is that maybe? Because uh, they got up to 13, then it kind of fell down to eight, and then they just stepped on the gas. And Brandon Newman fueled the thing. That's why I chose him as the, as the guy on the, the title. But uh, Newman is obviously the player of the game. Painter continues to keep him in the starting lineup, and he should. And then the funny thing is Morton, who lost his uh, uh, starting role, also played big down the stretch. But the whole thing is Purdue had this big lead, and then they let it all go away. And they let it all go away as Matt Painter just watched and didn't do much about it. I've told you forever, I like Matt Painter. I think he's a great coach. I think he's one of the top five coaches in America. I mean that because of what he does, how he prepares teams, how he builds a roster. The type of guys he recruits, I really mean he's a top five coach in America. I really mean that. But the lack of adjustments in game are maddening. 
And this game is such a good example. You could feel this game slipping away when it got down to about 18 points because Illinois was marching towards Purdue and not using any time in the process. They started hitting shots. They started drawing fouls. At the same time, Purdue put a lid on the hoop. Painter kept Smith out of the game for an inordinate amount of time, I believe, during that period. At the same time, Smith and when Smith came back in and when um, when uh, when Newman gets back in, they're, they're missing shots. But nothing was adjusted on Purdue's offensive side. It seemed like the same offense, in spite of the fact that Illinois was throwing triple teams much of the time at guys who had the ball. To me, this is it's an open-shut case where a coach that's as smart offensively and as smart with play calling as Painter, couldn't you throw a counterpunch at a triple team? I mean, we've seen this all damn year when you have... It wasn't just Edie this time. Guys are getting just collapsed upon, right? And they can't find an open guy. That is maddening to watch. And they're not running any action at Illinois to counter the fact that they're over-pursuing. It's almost like a in football, a defensive end that gets too far upfield. There's a way to counter that. And Purdue did nothing to counter it. And he watched the lead go from huge to nothing. Illinois got all the way back. Um, and it felt horrible. And that's kind of how this season has felt, right? At times where you're like, okay, we, you start the game, you're like, okay, this is great. This is awesome. We're playing with house money. And then as the things start slipping away, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're going to lose this thing. Similar to the Big Ten race, right? Oh my gosh, I can't believe they had a three, four game lead. And now we're going to watch this thing slip away. And then Purdue goes away, goes and wins the ball down the or wins the game down the stretch with free throws. Those clutch free throws were huge. Purdue, I think, was shooting uh, in the 60s or high 50s, I believe, free throw shooting for much of the game. And then they had a couple free, uh, a couple key free throws down the stretch. Edie missed a, uh, pardon me, Newman missed the front end of one on one, a one and one. Then I think Edie hit two, and then Newman hit two, and Smith missed one, and then hit another one. But every free throw mattered. They're really, really important. Purdue ends up shooting just over 70% from the free throw line. Purdue shot the three ball okay, but they shot it. They shot lights out in the first half. I believe, and I haven't checked my stats, but I believe they started the second half at least 0 for 7 from three. I mean... I don't understand. There's there's an old, I mean, Painter says this all the time. It's it's the analytical look at the game. You want dunks and three-pointers, right? But there's got to be a time where you say, okay, well, we got to get something generated. Go at the hoop and draw fouls. Illinois had two players with four fouls at the end of the game and another player with three fouls. Both of them were starters, I believe. And we didn't see Purdue, again, do something with that advantageous situation. Um. That's tough to watch. One thing that was really unusual is that Edie didn't play the game that he usually does. Uh, and as a result, Purdue got out-rebounded. He finished with 17 points. So his off game is 17 points and I think six rebounds. I'll double-check that here in a second. But because he wasn't dominant on the glass, and, and, and we can talk about why he wasn't dominant on the glass here in a second. I'm sure some of you guys may say this. But he wasn't dominant on the glass. And because he wasn't dominant on the glass, Purdue loses the rebounding battle for, I think, only the second or third time of the season. Brian Newbert talked about this uh, two weeks ago or a week ago. When you change the, um, when they change the way the game is called to the point where a guy can't even jump because he's being held down, he's not going to get rebounds. And that's exactly what happened. This is, by the way, the same crew or at least two-thirds of the same crew. I, I don't know these guys' names. They, they aren't 
um, old-timey Big Ten officials. Same crew that Purdue had versus Maryland. I recognized two of the names. And that game was officiated in a way that was just horrendous. And this game was officiated in a way that was just horrendous. And the thing that gets me more than even the, the fact that Edie just was getting just mobbed and raked over every single time he'd get the ball um, and when he'd go for rebounds um, was that he missed two goaltending calls. That, that's so awful because those are such easy calls to make. One was a Smith finger roll. If you're finger rolling the ball over the rim, the ball's coming down. And Illinois knocked that off from above the rim. It was Shannon, Terrence Shannon, a great athlete, made, made a great play. Weird thing about Illinois to me, I know there's a lot of people that have vilified Brad Underwood. I know that. And a lot of people don't like the fact that he's, and I think even many of the boiled sports guys don't like him. I don't like the fact that he looks like a used car salesman because of his jackets and his choice of fashion. And he kind of looks, he has a bad hairdo. And But I kind of like this Illinois team. I, I mean, maybe I'm all by myself here. But I kind of like him. I think the the players are likable. I mean, Meyer's tough to look look at because of the the mullet. He's a great player, though. But there's just a bunch of guys on that team that I think are just solid basketball players. And I think Underwood's a great coach. Underwood absolutely stole Matt Painter's lunch money today, too. He outcoached Painter. Purdue was prepared. Purdue started hitting shots. Uh, they they kind of tried to bring the water back up to its you know uh, uh, you know its average. Um. And Underwood just, just completely outcoached Painter in the second half, and it almost cost Purdue the game. So the funny thing is, Purdue, uh, they're 26-5. and five. They win the game. There's, you know, the bracketologist. Who really cares, honestly, because they're not on the committee? But the bracketologist, somehow, Alabama loses. Kansas gets smoked. And somehow, Kansas moves to the number one overall. Alabama keeps a one seed. And Purdue falls out of the one with two wins. Okay. Whatever, whatever. Purdue should have a one seed because they handled their business, and those teams didn't. I don't care. I'm sorry. I mean, Texas is a solid team. Texas is a top 10 team uh, who beat Kansas, beat up on Kansas. But at the same time, they lost. And this is the thing I don't get, this era of everything being so analytical. And Paint probably loves this stuff because he loves analytics. There's got to be something about feel of the game, and there's got to be something about losses. Losing the game is worse than winning the game. I don't care who you play. You had fewer points at the end of the game, especially losing by 14 or 15 points like Kansas did. And yet, all these people are saying Purdue has fallen off the one line. If they fell off the one line, they did it a week ago. They didn't do it this week. You don't do that with two wins while your, your, your opponents for the same spots are losing. That doesn't make any damn sense. You can say it's who's your, who you're playing. Illinois is ch not chopped liver. It's a tournament team. And Wisconsin was on the road. I believe those are both quad, win, uh, quad one wins. I think that takes produce quad one wins up to, what, 13-14 on the season. I think they're second or third in the nation in quad one wins. So either the quad one wins are the big strong thing and the body of work is a big deal like it has been forever in the NCAA tournament, or they've changed all the rules. Regardless, if Purdue fell off the one line with two wins, that's effing criminal. Um, but I wouldn't put anything by them. It really doesn't matter, though. Purdue is uh, if. Matt Painter continues to do this during the tournament. I've said this for a long time. And again, I'll reiterate before I say it, because I get damned if I do, damned if I don't. I'm going to tell you guys the way I see things. But Painter feels pressure, clearly. And one of the ways he's chosen to handle that pressure in close games, games that matter, is he's leaned heavily on analytics. He admits it. He admits that analytics are an important part of the game plan, important part of the game, uh, the way they adjust the game, the way they adjust uh, lineups. But part of it, 
part of basketball is a feel thing. And part of it is how you handle nerves yourself and how your players reflect that after a timeout. We've seen it for a long time. Painter gets extremely nervous when the game's on. You know, it used to be the his hands would get sweaty and he'd get the chapstick out. And he'd always have a towel out. Well, he's done much better at that. He's gotten older. He, he, he handles it much better. But there's something happening in those timeouts that the players reflect that they feel that crunch too. And I would love to see somebody on this bench that's a gut guy or a feel guy that Painter just trusts and leans on when he said, hey, coach, we're letting this thing slip. We got to do something now. We got to start acting like this matters, right? Um, but they wait and they wait and they wait and they almost give the damn thing away. A win is a win. It's a huge win. It's great. Um, but that second half was absolutely hard to watch. And that's why I say it's a little bit like the way they finish the season. So uh, let's I'll look briefly at the stats and we'll talk a little bit. Um, uh, Illinois' mayor has 16, 16 points, six rebounds. This is another guy, by the way, I keep talking about the the, the men that Purdue has to square off. That's, that, that's a tall guard forward. He's kind of a dual role, dual, dual role guy. He's athletic for his length. But he's 24 years old. This is another guy, yet another one. That he turns 25 in September. I did a little research. And Illinois, again, it's another team. They are old. They are old. This is a tough thing for Purdue. This is, when you say guard play matters in the tournament, yeah, it does. And so does experience and age. Purdue's going to get baptized by fire again in the tournament. They're going to go up against somebody that's super tough. I would not be surprised if Purdue gets put in the corner right away, like by a team that's, if Purdue's a, a one, that's a 16. I'm not kidding. Like, meaning... They'll take the fight to them. They're going to play every bit as physical as we saw today because that's worked, right? On the other side, Purdue's a 15-2, same thing. I just would not expect anything less than a team in the NCAA tournament coming after Purdue. The Big Ten tournament, I want to reiterate this again, I don't care about it at all. I don't think it matters. If you, It has never helped Purdue. Purdue winning, uh, going deeply into the tournament hasn't helped them. Every time I've seen this where you've had a prognostication, it looks like Purdue's a four seed, whatever, they go and they make it to the championship to the tournament like last year, and they lose. It didn't matter. When they won the Big Ten tournament, I keep using this as the case in point. Years ago with Kramer at the team, Purdue wins the Big Ten tournament. They ran through, and they got the exact same seeding what everybody thought they'd get. I just don't care about the Big Ten tournament at all. And I understand for teams that are fighting for their life, they ma it matters. It does not matter for Purdue. I don't want them to go in there not caring, uh, but we saw the second half what they can do when they uh, take their foot off the gas. I mean, shoot. Dress the, dress the walk-ons. Uh, get some experience for you. I don't care. I really don't care. Get people healthy. Whoever's dinged up, whatever. So, okay, I'll get back into the stats here. Uh, Gillis had a relatively quiet game. Uh, didn't play a lot in the second half. For another guy that I was like, man, okay, everybody calls this guy the glue guy. And he sat on the bench for a long time. I don't have the minutes in front of me and the stats I'm looking at, but a lot of time on the bench. Zach Eady, uh, he... He should be pretty fresh. He didn't play a lot. Uh, not his no normal minutes, I don't think. 17.6 rebounds, a couple assists, uh, only two turnovers. Purdue only had 11 turnovers, so they got that kind of wrangled. The problem that they had where they were just hemorrhaging from a turnover standpoint, got that in, in check. Brandon Newman, absolutely player of the game. 19 points, uh, six rebounds, five assists. He went uh, three for eight from three, but I think he started three for four. Um he also had three steals. And that's kind of the biggest story is that he looks great on both sides of the ball. His athleticism is a different maker. Morton played pretty well. Morton had a huge play at the end where he knocked the ball against um, against Shannon's uh, 
groin or thigh, and it went out of Illinois. It was a huge possession. Um, Shannon had blown past him, I think, or blown by somebody else, and he just made a great. It wasn't him. He was off. He was he was guarding somebody else on the wing. Shannon blows by. He gets the his hand in there, just knocks the ball away. It goes off Shannon, and it was Purdue ball. That was a big possession. Morton finished with just two points, but he had four steals. So these guys are split in time. This is kind of the old adage what Painter uses as a big man. He may want to look at these two guys as that's one guy now. And uh, Newman, his upside is tremendous. I've always been a huge fan of the guy. I love seeing him shoot the way he is shooting or shot today. Um, uh, Braden Smith, 15 points. Again, if there is a freshman wall with these guys, uh, Braden Smith has done a really good job just fighting through it, just busting through it and he's had up and down games that's kind of how it's gone for him especially in the last seven eight games but he has another big game um and he was important when he was out of the game Purdue looked like a different team they looked like a shell themselves but maybe the the, the most fun guy to watch especially in the first half Trinkoff Wren was playing up against Dane Danger um Dane's a good player he's physical he's big he's strong he's been around he's a transfer if you don't know it um but he held his own. And this, these little glimpses of the future that we get to see with this Purdue team are a lot of fun. Um, I think this team next year, I, I've said it before, I love Zach Eady. I would love to see him back here. But if I were he, I'd, I'd go collect my money and not get the hell beaten out of me every night. I would, uh, I mean, in professional basketball, he's going to be able to hold his own regardless of where he plays. And I think any NBA team would benefit from a guy like him with his work ethic and his upside. It's absolutely huge. Um, so anyway, that's, that's about it. 76-71, uh, Purdue is 26-5 and five as they head to the, as, as the number one seed into the Big Ten tournament. Read some comments here. Um, Willie Dean says, AJ's tastes much better after a win, and it does. But AJ's tastes great all the time. Um, Dalen Clements, disappointing second half, word. Um, Willie Dean says, not the real guy. I saw that earlier. Um, Brandon Newman for president, says Nate Anderson. And, uh, man. Brandon Newman, I uh, hope he is firmly entrenched as a starter. I think he will be until the season's over. Um, Jim Garfinkel says, Doubt, I think it would be worth it for Purdue to withdraw from the Big Ten tournament. Our freshmen look exhausted. Yeah, I, I think it sends a bad, I mean, as much as I keep saying Big Ten tournament doesn't matter, it sends a bit of a bad message, right, that you just give up, but I don't think it matters. So I'm completely with you, but I'm not the head coach. You and I are, are in lockstep here. Um Gentry BN says, waited all year for Newman to start. We don't win uh, We don't win today if he's not there, if he's not starting. Right on. Um, Gregory Henning says, microcosm is the perfect word. This is microcosm of season. Word up. Uh, Midwest Toker says, a win with Edie playing an average game. And he, uh, his average game is still pretty good. But the funny thing is, he's um, the accolades are already starting to roll in. He's already gotten two kind of, they're kind of small Player of the Year. One of them was from ESPN's College Game Day crew. The other one was from, uh, I can't remember, one of the talking heads who's on Twitter, who I think is um, a guy everybody makes fun of. But still, it's kind of a, a foretaste of what's coming here in the next couple of weeks. Um, let's see. Brent Williams says, last week of the season has been crazy for most big teams. Look at the, all the upsets. The last week has been crazy for most teams in the nation. That, and this is why I'm, I'm struggling with Purdue losing their number one seeding now because teams are losing. Purdue's won two straight. If they lost it, they lost it weeks ago. That's my whole point. And I never saw them out of the number one seed until last night. And now I see them out of the number one seed. for It's like group think by these media types. So that's not surprising because they're media types, but still pisses me off. 
Uh, Nita Bean Verse says, all right, need a reality check. Is it just us or do other teams bleed, bleed leads as routinely as, as we do, as Purdue does? Um, I don't know. I mean, that, that's our, I, I watch a lot of basketball, but it doesn't bother me when other teams lose leads. It Really, this is nuts. And to lose a 24-point lead, it's noteworthy. So, Britt Williams, says, Britt Williams says, last week of the season has been crazy. Well, we saw that one. Um, sorry, it jumped me back up. I'll, I'll read a couple more here. I'm going to scroll down a bit. Um, Robert Ran- Ranny says, uh, Paul Selick, Sel- Zelick, he's that, he's that official we were talking about, is aiming for Larry Scarato or Courtney Green level of impact on aiding comebacks. Yes, he changes the tenor of the game as he changes the way he calls it. And um, he's... Uh, somebody said he's a, he grades out as a really good official. Well, my eyes say he's a really crappy official. Really, really bad. And the way that he allows teams to play that brand of awful basketball that just eliminates your best player, or specifically your best big man, that's pretty bothersome. Um, yeah, let's see. I'm going to read one more. One more. I'm going to go all the way down the donut here. Um, D. Jeanenberg. DJ Einenberg. Sorry, my bad. Do you think Edie will leave or come back for another season? This team could be something special next year with Colton coming. Here's my thought. I think the team's going to be special regardless who, if, if Edie comes back or not. I really, really believe in what I see from this roster and the seeds of greatness that are here. I think you're looking at a 25-plus win season next year, and um, regardless if Edie's back. Um, so uh, I think I think if I were Edie, I, I, I said I love the guy. I think he's been tremendous for the program. His, his mom is obviously awesome to have around. But, I mean, if I were he, I wouldn't, I wouldn't come back. And, and I've said this before. What, what more can one guy do? If he, if he just loves college and he's got counsel, if his mom's saying, you know what, stay because you love it, great. He should stay. But if there's any other motivator, I mean, gosh darn it, he's done everything. They've been on his back. He has been dragging this team, and it's incredible what he's done. He's an awesome player. I mean, he, could get, he can get better, and he will get better. He's going to develop a jump shot. This is me looking at my crystal ball. He's going to develop a jump shot. He's already got great feet and hands. Um, I think that'll, he'll get even better. He'll get even more skilled over the next couple of years. The question is, will he do it at Purdue or will he, you know, do it? I mean, he's, he's had great coaching. This is the thing that's kind of undervalued. Number one, during the season, he has great coaching because he's got Brandon Brantley, who's the best big man developer in America. During the off Purdue season, he goes and he coach, he plays for the Canadian national team and he gets real big time coaching and they've made him better. And he's going against men day in, day out. The guy's ready to be a professional. If he wants to come back, obviously Purdue fans would welcome with open welcome him with open arms. But if I were he, I wouldn't come back. I just hope we see him just take a major swing in the NCAA tournament. And he plays his best ball and uh, gets to back up the awards that he's about to win. So that's about it. Um, uh, if it were my son, this is the way I always look at it. If I'm if my son were offered millions of dollars to go do something other than school, I'd say. You know what? I got to speak from my, I really got to, I'm a proponent of education, but here's the thing. Right now, go make the money that you can't make in any other sector um, because you're not doing anything unethical. You're playing uh, a game. You enjoy the game. Go make your money. 
and then come back and get the diploma and your university, Purdue, will open you with welcome arms to see you put the tassel on the other side of the, the mortar board. He, I believe, he's either really close to a diploma already or has one because these guys, I mean, that, that's the thing. They get, because they go to school in the summer, do everything they can for him. But I think he's really close to already having his degree. And if he doesn't have it yet, which I, I haven't heard anybody say he does have it, but if he doesn't have it, he can come get it later. Go make your money regardless of where it is and um, enjoy enjoy the uh, fruits of your labor. I mean, let's remember, six years of basketball and he looks like that. What a great player. So um, that's about it. Um, look forward to talking to you guys soon. We're heading towards the double buy for your Boilermakers. They'll play on Thursday. Um, I have big news. Big news. Drop everything. Uh, my counterparts at Boiled Sports, they, they actually are up for having a... Uh, a handsome hour in the very near future. I don't know when that means. If that's going to be when I, I can't, I'm not going to I'm not going to release anymore. But I'm telling you, there's a handsome hour coming. It's probably going to be before Purdue plays in the Big Ten tournament. So if if that's your thing, which it's mine. I mean, I I, I tune into the handsome hour every time. It's coming. So um, thanks for doing it. Um, thanks for or pardon me. Thanks for thanks to those guys for for considering it. That's that's sarcasm. Um, I mean. I mean, damn it, we've been number one for a big chunk of the season. Wasn't that enough? Come on, guys. Um, hammer down. God bless you guys. We will uh, we'll talk to you soon. See ya. Boilers are 26 and 5, by the way.